0: Hey, guys, Pete Mundo. Thanks for checking out the radio show that we turn into a podcast. Appreciate it. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Helps us out a lot. And if you do it, I'll send you a free koozie. Just email me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Well, let's keep it rolling on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And let's talk some Cyclones with Trent Condon. He's on 1460 KXNO 10A to noon show, Miller and Condon. Trent, always good to talk to you. Obviously, you're kind enough to bring us on uh, your show every once in a while. I always like to return the favor and talk some Cyclones with you. So uh, let's talk about this program from a big-picture standpoint. They lose a ton of guys, some key players from last year. We know the names, David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler, Willie Harvey. But it feels to me like there's no mojo lost in Ames right now going into 2019. Is
1: that the case, and if so, why? Why? I think the biggest reason for it, and absolutely. I mean, the expectations are as big as they maybe have been since Um, the 1970s teams that that was at least competing for Big Eight championships. And it starts at the top. It starts with Matt Campbell uh, taking this more program, a program that historically is about as bad as you're going to find it and to do the things that they have done. It's absolutely incredible, Pete, the way that he has built this program. It's not just been with some gimmicky new offense. It hasn't been doing something completely different than what we've seen in the past. That's not what it is at all. It is just building a good, solid football program and starting up front and starting on the defensive line and what they've done on that. So that's the reason for optimism. That's the reason that people believe that this program can be there. And even as guys depart and even as you have new faces coming in, you know that the base is there for Iowa State football because of what Matt Campbell has built.
0: So Trent, let me ask you just kind of the pulse up there in Iowa. Um, I, I know it's, I get it. It's a Hawkeye state still, but but how has that relationship changed, if at all? I mean, it feels like Kirk Ferenc's kind of stale right now. Matt Campbell, the young up-and-coming guy, but Campbell has yet to beat Iowa. So what is that back and forth right now like, like that in the state?
1: Well, and, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, for every cyclone fan that comes up and you talk about the big brother versus little brother mentality that has permeated this state for so long. Iowa just comes back with that. Hey, all right, start talking junk when you actually can beat us, you know, an eight and five season in Iowa city. And you mentioned kind of that mediocrity that has crept in. And that's what Iowa was a year ago at eight and five, they go down, they win their ninth game of the season after an outback bowl against Mississippi state. But that's all it is. Since the Rose bowl year in the 12 and 0 season of 2015, it's been okay Well, that celebrated Iowa State, so until Matt Campbell can win and beat Kirk Ferentz in in a game, that's still going to be lingering over. That's still going to be there. You might be up and coming. You might have success, but your level of success is still, in Iowa circles, considered pretty mediocre. So that's kind of the back and forth that is going on right now. Great. That program has got to levels they haven't been for a while, but you're still just nipping at the heels of the Hawkeyes.
0: What is the hope for Iowa State fans? We're talking with Trent Condon, 1460 KXNO, does the uh, 10 at a noon show there, Miller and Condon. Trent, what is the um, uh, pulse of Iowa State fans when it comes to the longevity around Matt Campbell. I know he keeps signing contract extensions and there should be no reason to worry. But hey, you know what? When you're Iowa State and you're on this uh, honeymoon, this magic carpet ride with this guy who's young, who's been tied to other jobs, is that even a discussion right now? Has has Campbell done enough through his words and actions to prove that he's there for at least the,
1: I don't want to say long haul, but medium haul? I I think that would be... Fair. Yeah. You know, Matt Campbell, he is an interesting dude. He, he is. He's wired a little bit differently than you are used to, especially with those young football coaches. Now you look to the north of us up here in Minnesota and you see P.J. Flack and he does it with row the boat and he does it with a bunch of pomp and circumstance. And it's all about him. You don't get that with Matt Campbell. He does feel like he is different. And it's also different just college coaching in general because of the money involved making three million dollars in Ames, Iowa. And if you like the quality of life in Ames, Iowa, I'm sure you could go make four, five somewhere else. But how big of a difference is it? Now I harken back to the days when Iowa brought in a basketball coach back in the nineteen eighties. They brought in Dr. Tom Davis. And Doctor Tom went from making seventy thousand dollars a year at Stanford and doubling his salary to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, doubling your salary here, you're still going from being a millionaire to just being more of a millionaire that that's mm-hmm. the only difference here. And that's why you see these changes. And that's why overall, unless it is an absolutely perfect home run fit coaches aren't moving in general. That's mm-hmm. great news for Iowa state fans. That's great news going forward. And unless the Cleveland Browns get that organization turned around and looking good, that I think is the ultimate destination for him. He grew up a Browns fan. He knows it as well as anybody, that organization top to bottom and if they can get things figured out. About 10 years down the road, Maybe that's a job that would interest him. But in the here and now, there just aren't a whole lot of college jobs that make sense for Matt Campbell and the money that he makes.
0: Trent Condon's joining us. Um, Trent, let's let's talk a little bit about this team. And, and Brock Purdy, obviously, uh, had a great freshman season at quarterback. He loses a couple of his key weapons that we've talked about. Uh, Is Brock Purdy the kind of guy who is ready to have the not just offense on his back, but the leadership role on his back this fall?
1: It, It is. And I think that is something that isn't getting a whole lot of talk here. Not just about Brock Purdy. He came onto the scene. He was good. He took that offense to a completely different level. But Pete, how many times have we seen this guys that have those great freshman campaigns and they take a step back for whatever reason? I think one of those things that you do have to worry about is there's going to be a whole lot more on his plate. There's also going to be teams that are going to have a whole offseason where they can scheme and they can try to find ways to slow him down and what he can do and his ability to move outside the pocket and make plays up the field. It's going to be completely different here, but that leadership aspect you talk about is also another thing. It's one thing where you have those seniors, those guys that are grammy, the David Montgomerys, guys that are just, follow me, I'll lead, you come with me. But now there's going to be a whole lot of that put on his shoulders, and I don't know if we know how he's going to react. The talent is obviously there. This guy's an incredibly talented player. There's a reason that Alabama was sniffing around before he ultimately made his commitment to Iowa State as a high school senior down in Arizona. The kid has a ton of talent now. Leadership, though, being that guy, having command of the huddle, all those things that are being a quarterback, everything else put on his shoulders, I don't think we know quite yet how that's going to look.
0: Trent, what do we expect with Tom Manning back in the fold? He was the offensive coordinator. He leaves for a brief stint with the Indianapolis Colts. He's now back in Ames. I, you
1: know,
0: it just feels awkward. Was there something about the NFL he didn't like? Did something go wrong briefly in Ames, and now he's back? What is the story there, as you know, and what type of impact can he
1: potentially have this fall? As a coach, he is great. He is as good. That first year for Iowa State, when he came in with Campbell in year number one, Their offensive line for what he was, and that's his expertise, his offensive line, what they were to what they became at the end of the season. But frankly, not a whole lot of very good parts was incredible. He made them a competent offensive line. And if you would have saw that team in September, you would have felt there's no shot he would be able to do that. So Iowa State is getting a great coach back. And from everything that I've heard about that and the reason to go to the NFL for a year, it was just that it just wasn't the right fit for him at that time. He wanted to get back in the college game. There was an opening back at Iowa State. There are no hard feelings. Matt Campbell completely understands him wanting to go to the NFL and give that a shot, but also bringing that kind of guy back. So I don't think there's anything sinister, anything inside that you have to be concerned with. But with an offensive line that hasn't quite broken through, I think the way a lot of people believe they would here by the third year of Campbell and the rest of that coaching staff, with Manning back in the fold, I think you're going to see a breakthrough. I think you're going to see – those guys take that next step from Kniffle to good Jones and on and on and on. I think you're going to be talking about one of the better offensive lines in the big 12, if they can do that, even losing David Montgomery, you're going to be able to run the football if your offensive line, regardless who's behind you, if that old line's playing well, you're going to find a way to run the football.
0: Interesting stuff. Trent Condon is joining us. Uh, Trent, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, both cornerbacks are gone. Uh, I know there are some nice pieces coming back, but you know it, it's it's not going to be the same group as last year. And this team was led by its defense. Who's a guy or a name that you know came up in spring ball that people were talking about that that hasn't
1: really reached other parts of the Big 12 yet? You know the the defense as a whole. It starts up front, and as they in a way, almost revolutionized the way that you play b- defense in the Big 12 when they started going back to a season previous and what they did with that, what Coach Ecock calls the 3-3-3 defensive look that they give there. You've seen that copied by the NFL, the New England Patriots, in fact, run that a whole lot, their defensive scheme. And it's a way to slow down the air raid offenses and the spread offenses that are out there. But in order to do it, you have to be incredibly good up front. I think most everybody knows Ray Lima. Doesn't put up huge numbers, but he completely controls the middle of the line of scrimmage at the defensive tackle position. On the outside, though, with Jaquan Bailey. Jaquan Bailey, he's listed at 6'2". Look, he's 5'11". If he really was 6'2", he wouldn't be at Ames anymore because he would be in the NFL. That guy off the edge, Wazarike on the other side, up front they can do things, but maybe that under-the-radar guy, the guy that hasn't had a ton of conversation, a ton of talk about you know, I, I look at a couple of different places, and I think on one side, I would go with Bowens, one of the young cornerbacks. I really like the times that we've seen him out there on the field taking over, and that's the concern, the defensive backfield and what they have there. If Richard Bowens is a guy that could come in, play at a high level, suddenly the front's there, you have all the guys that you need in your front four, in your linebacking crew, and Bowens becomes that star, that PV that we've seen the last couple of years. This Iowa State defense is going to be back and, again, be the best in the league.
0: He is Trent Condon joining us here on the show. And, uh, Trent, it's always great to get your insights. I really appreciate a few minutes of your time. And uh, let's definitely do it again soon, all right? Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. Thanks as always, Pete. He's Trent Condon. I am fascinated by Iowa State this fall and and what they may or may not do. Uh, The Tom Manning angle is not getting enough attention He's now back as the offensive coordinator. He was with the Colts last season. What impact can he have? I am so intrigued by this team uh, to see if without Hakeem Butler, without David Montgomery, uh, without the cornerbacks, if this is a program that can keep itself in the upper half of the Big 12. I think they can do it, but it's it's going to be a test for Matt Campbell. We're going to learn a lot about this team this fall. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Always great to have you on board as part of the show. Please leave us a rating and review. If you do it, I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. All you have to do is rate and review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.